1: ES Audio. Hi, I'm Rochelle Travers and this is Tech and Science Daily. Today, to mark Earth Day, we're looking at our beautiful home from a different perspective. Earth is about 4.543 billion years old. But despite us trying to reach and explore new planets, there's still quite a lot of mystery on our own. We
0: talk a lot about our planet here. There is a lot we don't know. We continue to explore. People continue to learn. The amazing ability... of our planet, it's basically a, you know an organism in and of, of itself, and it's an amazing ability to create this environment that you and I can survive on the surface of this planet, but also the fragility of it.
1: Across the world, there are thousands upon thousands of caves, hidden worlds deep beneath the Earth's surface. Only some people are brave enough to explore them, like Jeremy Henson from the Canadian Space Agency.
0: I saw. You know, places that I expected to see in a cave, which were just kind of muddy, rocky uh, walls. Then I saw these other places where water had, you know, dripped over thousands of years and it formed like cathedrals, like walking into a beautiful cathedral, huge areas um, with almost artwork. It was absolutely a hidden world.
1: As part of Jeremy's space training, he's ventured deep underground rocky caves in Sardinia. They're slippery, sharp, narrow, and of course, completely dark inside.
0: When I look at a mountain, now I wonder what's underneath there, what's inside that mountain, as opposed to just what it looks like on the outside. It's not a place that you can easily get to. It takes a team of people to, uh, to get you there safely and back. We were leaving uh, sunlight for an entire week before we came back out. We only had, you know, basically a small backpack, this little cylindrical uh, yellow waterproof backpack that we could take into the cave that was small enough to squeeze through the spaces that had, you know, the basics of what we would need. In Some places you're you're basically, you know, on the edges of cliffs, or trying to rappel down, or climb across an area where you could easily fall um, and be injured or killed. In other areas, you're you're swimming um, to 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 get further and deeper into the in the cave. In other areas, you're squeezing through tight tight places to see what's on the other side, not knowing what you're going to see when you get to the other side. air temperature in the cave is you know it's it's very consistent um, and it's not cold but it's damp and so you um, you do have to you know constantly try to keep yourself dry and so when you're swimming you pack everything else up to make sure it does not get wet and you wear a wetsuit when you're not swimming um, and you have your other clothes on you have to work really hard to keep yourself uh, dry so that you can stay warm and sleep at night Self care is really important on a caving expedition. You know, first from a safety point of view, because any injury where you can't, uh, you know, self extract from the cave means that you you have to be carried out, and that means about for every, you know, hour or every few hours in the cave, you're talking about days to get out when they're trying to rescue. It's a big deal.
1: So, why exactly do astronauts train here?
0: So we have some expert trainers because caving is not an area of expertise for for our our core of astronauts. Space is dangerous, space is challenging. And so CAVES provides this opportunity to manage risk as a team, to work on our teamwork skills. We want to put a lot of pressure on our astronauts um, and then basically debrief and critique our team performance under high pressure situations. We have an opportunity to be a proxy scientist for other experts in the field. And so we didn't necessarily design any of the science that we were doing, we just went down and did it on behalf of other scientists who weren't there with us. So they, they basically taught us before we went into the cave on how to collect data, whether we were collecting data on humidity or wind uh, in the cave, biological samples or water samples or taking photos, taking measurements. We provide that data when we get back and they use it and they write papers. And it's kind of the exact same thing that we do on the International Space Station, this amazing laboratory that humanity has in space. And if somebody has a puzzle they're trying to unravel and the Space Station Laboratory can help them do it, then we do that science on their behalf. We continue to use these, what we call analogs for training, which is uh, you know, for going back to the moon, for example, certainly for Mars. And one of the neat aspects of the CAVES expedition or other geology training is the fact that we are practicing these same skill sets that we use to interpret the environment to do research on the moon, for example, or on Mars. Geology is is one of the pillars of science that we're doing in these new places that we explore.
1: Let's go to the ads. Stay there to hear more from astronaut Jeremy Henson. In the meantime, why not give Tech and Science Daily a rate and follow?
0: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. This edition of Tech & Science Daily is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadeen Reid, Founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June 2024.
1: Good luck. Despite the relatively hostile conditions and atmosphere, somehow there is still life within the caves.
0: The ones that we did see, they were basically translucent, like white translucent, um, which was interesting because it's not normally how we see um, you know, little um, bugs. They just adapt differently, they live in a different environment. They never have any light. That's, that's kind of cool. Like life is, I guess you're struck by the fact, well, how does stuff live down here? But yet it does. You know, there, there, there isn't much life that you can pick up with your visible eye um, to collect. We did collect some, some tiny little organisms uh, while we were in the cave, but mostly we we're just collecting uh, water samples or um, swabbing areas that would be analyzed uh, after we got back to the surface.
1: Jeremy says that space is and will continue to play an important role when it comes to protecting Earth.
0: Well, when you think about uh, you know taking care of our planet, there are a couple of things that overlap with space exploration. Uh, the first is innovation. And so I think it's probably clear to everybody now that Um, You know, there are only two options. We basically go back in time where we don't do as much damage to to the earth, where we have a smaller population, but that's not practical. So the only option really is innovation. We have to innovate to create solutions to sustain our presence here on the planet with while doing less damage. And uh, space exploration has been a huge enabler of innovation that helps us on the planet. In fact, space becomes one of the best places to take the heartbeat of our planet, for example, and to really understand climate change and to enable us in climate adaptation. So innovation is the first place of significant overlap. The second, um, area of overlap is collaboration. If, if we truly are going to take you know, the mentality, that mentality of collaboration, of us working together to take care of one another, to ensure our own safety, to accomplish our goals, um, I think that does translate directly to climate change. It's clear that we will have to collaborate as a species in order to you know, protect this planet and to make the changes necessary. We really do feel that space is an important pillar of protecting our planet going forward. Space has changed a lot in the past even decade that I've been so um, focused on it in that we are delivering more and more services from space. And this becomes a a more efficient um, way to deliver these services to every place on the planet. Um, And some of these solutions, these innovative solutions, um, will have a significant impact on how we adapt on our planet, but how we take care of our planet going forward.
1: That was Jeremy Henson from the Canadian Space Agency, speaking to us from the Johnson Space Centre in Houston, Texas, in honour of Earth Day. Tech and Science Daily will be back on Monday at 1pm. See you then.